No Dan Campbell. Jared Goff isn't a better quarterback with the Lions than he was with the Rams. Rams won that trade. That's coming up next here on Locked on Rams. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramley? Welcome to another edition of Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single day. Free and available wherever you get your podcast. We're also available over on YouTube. So if you want to check out the video version of the show, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, and let us know. Do you think Jared Goff has been better with the Lions than he was with the Rams? My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. I've been covering LA sports for over a decade, the Lakers, the Dodgers. Now I'm covering the Rams for Locked On. And as always, I'm joined by Mr. Travis Rogers, the Matthew Stafford to my Stetson Bennett. You can call him <laughs> at Travis Rogers. He's been covering the Rams for eight years. He's the Rams pre-half and post-game show host for the Rams flagship radio network, ESPN 710 LA. He's forgotten more Rams football than most people will ever know. Travis we got some more quarterback talk to get into. You ready to get into it, man? Look, I've been accused of being both a Jared Goff apologist and a Jared Goff hater, so I think that means I'm doing a good job. I'm ready to do it. Yeah, I was a Jared Goff truther for a long period of time. Then we saw the interception where he just floated to Quandre Diggs there against the Seahawks. Then I was done. I sold most of my Jared Goff stock, but we got to get into it. But I just want to mention, though, today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNFL, and when you enter the promo code LockedOnNFL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. I'm rocking my Bird Dogs right now. Just got some yesterday. I don't think I'm going to take these things off, man. These <laughs> things are straight fire, Travis. But let's get into it because – Detroit Lions head coach Dan Campbell, he made yeah. a very bold claim this week during Lions mini camp when he said that Jared Goff was, quote, I mean, he's a better quarterback than he was there with the Rams, in my opinion, because he can do more things. He's mentally on it. So Dan Campbell thinks Jared Goff is better on the Lions than the Rams. Well, hey, I do too. I think the Rams are better with Jared Goff on the Lions. So <laughs> I would tend to agree with him, wouldn't you? Yeah, look, I mean, I, I Jared Goff is the very best version of a bad quarterback. Jared, Jared Goff is one of those guys that can win you some games. There, he's going to trick you a little bit, right? It's it's one of those things that you know you you go out on a few dates. You're like, this is all right, you know. She's this seems like this might even work out. I I got to really think about maybe making a commitment here. And then just something inexplicably terrible happens, right? She picks a fight with the waiters. It's just like so something terrible happens, and this is what Jared Goff is. He's fine. He is fine for what you need him to do. He is fine in kind of doing things as perfectly scripted. It's when things get a little bit off schedule. It's when you got to make something out of nothing that he really breaks down. And I, I'm very, I, look, Jared Goff's a nice guy. I've spoken to him a handful of times and, and I, I hope that it works out for him to a point, but I, I, I hope the Lions fans are ready for the idea of, Hey, we're going to throw all of our eggs into the Jared Goff basket and we're going to be a contender this year. I've lived it. I've seen it. Good luck with that. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, look, yes, he is going to have success. Yes, he does have arm talent. I don't think he has great arm strength. And yeah. we know there's a couple reasons why he should be better with the Lions than he was with the Rams. One, he has more years under his belt, so he has more experience. Two, they invested heavily in the offensive line. You have multiple pro bowlers along that offensive line. Less pressure. He's not the number one pick that's sure. going to be a bust or not, so less expectations. I mean, you're talking about a Lions franchise that has one playoff win the last 10,000 thousand years they're in perpetual rebuild <laughs> mode they've been rebuilding since before the big bang theory right travis yeah no yeah yeah go back to the rodney pete's uh career seems to be the last time they were good look this is you said it they spent a lot of money on everything else which is what you need to do when you have jared goff as the quarterback when he was here with the rams when when todd Gurley was great he was great when the offensive line was really good he was really good when cooper cup was really good he was really good. When Robert Woods was really good, he was really good. And the, the question has always been, all right, none of these things are really happening. Can you go get it done right now? And the answer was always no. That's the difference between Jared Goff and a player like Matthew Stafford. Hey, here's go back to the Super Bowl, right? We're going to take everything off of your plate except for Cooper Gup. You got one drive to make this happen. Go make it happen. And he did. And, and that's the difference. And, and that's not even a slight of Jared Goff because I only think there's maybe a handful and a half of guys that can actually go do what I just described. Stafford is, Goff isn't. That's why these guys are in their respective spots. Yeah, but Travis, I mean, wouldn't you agree? I mean, yes, like as you mentioned just now, they did simplify things yes. when he was with the Rams, of course, a lot of under center, use a lot of zone blocking, play action, heavy offenses, you've had seven, eight plays, and you run play action off of that. But you mentioned, too, an elite running game with Todd Gurley, a better offensive line, plenty of weapons. I still yeah. believe, though, that peak Jared Goff was 2018. Nothing can change my mind on that. A 63.6 QBR, 32 touchdowns to 12 picks, 293 yards per game, almost 5,000 yards passing at 4,688. If you look at the Lions last year, 29 touchdowns, seven interceptions. That was the lowest touchdown to interception ratio, yards per game at 261. He's making less mistakes, but I still feel like Sean McVay in his offense. I think if he was this age and less mistake prone, he still would be having success with this Rams team. Yeah, yeah, I think you're onto something. I think that just the normal maturation, the normal experience of playing in the uh, in the NFL is going to bring your interception rate down. You're going to make better decisions. Um, I, I get that maybe his interception number was a little bit lower, but I, again, I did not watch 17 Detroit Lion games last year, so I can't speak to this exactly, but I watched him play every game of his Rams career. It's not just the interceptions, but it's the interceptions plus the fumbles, plus the balls that should have been intercepted, which feel felt like one or two a game that would get dropped by the defensive player for reasons I still can't wrap my head around, which would alter the way that Sean McVay would call plays, right? You can only see him hit the defense in the middle of the numbers over and over again, even if it's not an interception, before you stop calling certain amounts of certain types of plays and you just turn around and hand it to C.J. Anderson, hand it to Todd Gurley, hand it to whoever it may have been back there. And I think that's part of it. Dan Campbell hasn't had that, okay, I can't do this anymore with this guy. We'll see if it happens this year. Yeah, we'll see what if it happens this year. And also, we'll see what Dan Campbell was really trying to say because Sean McVay actually responded. And he said, I think Jared's playing at a really high level. He's saying that he's conscientious. The repetition is the mother of learning. Do you think yeah. this was a shot at Sean McVay no. from Dan Campbell? No, I don't. I, I, I think that Dan Campbell, look, what I think Dan Campbell's really good at, other than saying crazy things that are good for talk radio, like we're going to bite kneecaps, <laughs> is he's very good at getting buy-in from his guys. He's got his guys back. 
when he goes out there and, and, and he is saying what he says in the way that he says it and saying that Jared Goff's is good of a quarter, he's trying to pump his guy up. I don't think that had anything to do with Sean McVay. I don't think it had anything to do with the Rams. I think it had to do with, I actually don't think he's great. I need to pump him up a little bit. I need to get him feeling good about himself because like we've talked about, confidence is king no matter what you're doing. And if Jared Goff is confident, he probably will play a little better. I think this was all about his guy and very little to do with the Rams. That's fair. That's fair. And he has definitely improved. Last nine games have gone 72, 15 touchdowns and no interceptions. I wish they had this Jared Goff, but this almost feels like revenge bod Jared Goff. When you break up with someone, you get the revenge bod, you post those thirst traps, you're trying to make your ex jealous. It almost feels like that. But hey, let's settle down with these comparisons because I still think Sean McVay got the most out of him. He got yes. four straight winning, four straight winning seasons, three playoff appearances, an NFC championship. And look, the bottom line, they trade Jared Goff, the first year they get Matthew Stafford, they win a Super Bowl. So it hey, worked. Rams still it, won the trade, but it, it worked. Everybody won. Every, the, the, the Lions got what they needed. The Lions have a quarterback that works for them. They're expected to win some games and the Rams have a Lombardi trophy in their lobby. Everybody wins. All right, what happens first? Clippers win an NBA championship? Or no, the, the other thing. The other, I don't even know what you're going to say next. <laughs> what, 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 if the choice is between the Clippers win an NBA championship and anything else, I choose something else. Hey, man, the Lions is like the Shawshank Redemption in reverse. Hope, then heartbreak. <laughs> and just, it's just a terrible exactly. existence as a fan base. But, uh, exactly. yeah, we wish you well, Jared Goff. And, hey, we're feeling good about that Super Bowl. But coming up in our next segment, the Rams are making how much money? They're printing money. What does that mean for next season and beyond? That's coming up next here on Locked on Rams. All right. Let's talk about uh, the bird dogs that you got yesterday, that I got yesterday. Bird dogs uh, sent us both a couple of pairs of shorts the other day. And look, I can tell you about how they're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh. And they give you that truly sculpted look, the thirst traps that Doug was talking about, right? They do all of these things like Lululemon, but they fit way better. Sure, all true, all true about bird dogs. But the fact of the matter is, they are the most comfortable pair of shorts. They are the most comfortable pair of pants that I have ever worn in my entire life. I wish I could wear them to work, right? I wish that there was a, a place that I could come into in a pair of shorts every single day. This is how much I like them. I bought them for my dad for his birthday, brought them for my brother for my Christmas. I bought them for myself three times over. That's how great bird dogs are. I get home, I put them on right away, get out of those work clothes, get right into my bird dogs. I cannot tell you how much you're going to enjoy these things. So here's what you need to do to get yourself hooked up with the most comfortable pair of pants and shorts and sweats, whatever it is you're looking for. You go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. You enter the promo code locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You will not want to take these things off. I promise you the bird dogs are that comfortable. You will love them. The second you put them on, where have these been all my life? Go to bird dogs com slash locked on NFL. And yes, you are very welcome. Enjoy. No, well, I'm a big believer in bird dogs. My house is on fire and I had three things. It'd be my Clint Kershaw autographed jerseys, my PS5 and my bird dogs. I'm not even joking, man. These Done. things are fire, but welcome back. We're off and running here on locked on Rams and Travis here in our next segment. We're talking about 
the profit that this organization has made. But first, I want to give a special shout out to our everydayers. Yeah. And you can be an everydayer too. Just listen every single day. You can also check out the video version over on YouTube. And while you're there, be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, and let us know. Do you think Jared Goff is better in Detroit than he was in LA? Let us know. But Travis, here in our second segment, if Forbes released some information a few days ago and the Rams, they are printing money, making tons of money from 2019 to 2021. They had a $318 million operating income. That was the 11th highest earning franchise in that period. Of course, it's SoFi Stadium. It's a major market. You got Stan Kroenke. This is basically his legacy at this point. Is this surprise you at all? No, and it doesn't because of all the reasons that you mentioned. But I think what's exciting for Rams fans is, look, Stan Kroenke wins stuff, man, right? He's on the verge of winning an NBA title with the Denver Nuggets. He's won a Stanley Cup with the Colorado Avalanche. He's already put a Super Bowl in the lobby with the Los Angeles Rams. And sure, he, he comes from a lot of money. His wife is a is a Walton, as in Walmart Walton. And they've got more money than they could ever spend in a million lifetimes. I get that. But some of the money that they do make, they spend it on this team, right? I'm 100% happy with them having that kind of operating uh, profit and what it is and 11th best and the most valued franchise or third most valued franchise or whatever it is. But, Doug, the part that's so exciting, they spend the money on the team. They spend the money on a fan experience. I, you know, I'm lucky enough to go to the game each and every Sunday that's in SoFi. And I, I got it. It's just, it's extraordinary. It is an extraordinary fan experience. The team up until last year has been really good. They pay their players. They've created an environment that players are excited to come into. And so, yeah, if that money, some of it goes into, you know, some guy's pockets, great. But Stan Kroenke turns around and spends a lot of that money on his football team, which is awesome. Yeah, he absolutely does that, and you really got to give him tons of credit. All the credit in the world, really, just the vision that he had bringing yeah. the Rams back. And, of course, when the Rams reached that settlement with St. Louis, $790 million, he was left to pay $571 million of that, which is pretty much a parking ticket when you were at $12.9 and that's you mentioned, the Walmart money. But still, I think, make a great point. This is not a guy that just makes the profit. He wants to win. He wants to reinvest. Currently, the Rams were $6.2 billion. But my whole takeaway here is if they're still printing money, they're making money like this. You look at this 2023 season. Is it a gap year? Is it a transition year? Are they truly committed to going all in this season? They're mm -hmm. going to make their money this year no matter what. Yeah, look, you have an NFL team in Los Angeles, and I'm a Rams fan, and you're a Rams fan, Doug, and I know that there are literally thousands of us in this city, if not more than that, tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands, and that's great. The fact of the matter is, this is still a work in progress. This is still something that will continue to get better. This is the beginning of a run in Los Angeles, not the end, not the middle. This is they're they're relatively new here. You mentioned it off the top. I've been doing these games since they came back. It's only eight years. Think about like a kid, right? Eight year old. He's not. It's, he's eight. He's just getting started. That's what this is. So the money's going to continue to come in. The fan base will continue to grow. The investment will continue to be there from the front office, from the ownership, because he clearly wants to win in everything that he does. So I don't think that they need to worry about, well, is the money going to come in because we're new? Is it going to stop? Because Just keep doing what they're doing. Those teams win. They'll all make money. Nobody. I, I would love to see the last time somebody had a team that they bought it for X and sold it for X minus 20% or something. It just doesn't happen. The money will come and it comes faster if you win this year maybe it's not a winning season but it's not going to be because they didn't spend money 
Yeah, it won't be because of that. And I think Stan Kroenke is a guy that when you look at his legacy, first of all, him being in Hollywood, he looks like central casting for what a billionaire NFL owner should be. The mustache, the way he talks, he just feels and just looks like he exudes rich, wealth owner. Yes. But I always just wonder, what is his end game? Is it to win multiple Super Bowls? Is it to get more market space here with the Lakers and the Dodgers? Because we know those are two historic franchises that have been in this community for a long time, won multiple titles. I don't think that that really is his goal. I think his goal really is to have less Niners fans, less Raiders fans, less Cowboys, less Packers, less Steelers fans, and make LA the epicenter for football and SoFi Stadium has really started to accomplish that. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 going to take time. The, the, you mentioned it. The Lakers have been here for 60 plus years. The Dodgers have been here for just about the same amount of time. That this the, Again, I'll go back to the analogy with the kids. The difference between an eight-year-old and a 65-year-old, right? That's what we're talking about right here. They were never going to show up and be the Dodgers. They were never going to show up and be the Lakers. But 30, 40 years from now, yeah, they can be exactly what you just described, where they are not just the football team in town, but they are one of the football teams that we look at the way you look at the Steelers, the way you look at the Dallas Cowboys, the way you look, let's be honest, the way you look at the San Francisco 49ers, where they're there every year, they're good most years, they run really well, you know that they're going to be in it, but those those teams have been in those markets forever and ever and ever and that's what they're trying to get to and through the first seven years of their existence here you couldn't have asked for more yeah by the way i want to point out a commenter yesterday said that he wanted me to put uh rams 41 niners 10 in my scoreboard <laughs> i'm working on that i'm seeing what i can do i definitely that's a great idea but i was talking to this about i was talking to you about this before the show the jaguars new stadium is yeah. based basically on sofi stadium it looks like a wish.com walmart version of sofi stadium and it'll just look like someone kind of cheated off the plants for sofi stadium changed a few answers and don't want to get caught by the it's teacher, mcdowell's but... from coming to america <laughs> McDowell's, yeah yeah Brandon watch yeah, classic coming to America. But I just think it's interesting how Stan Kroenke has had such an influence over teams in the NFL, not just with building their brand. I mean, last night, of course, you're talking about behind the grind. I mean, that's not produced by HBO. That's no. the Rams' own show. I mean, they've done so many innovative things from the Rams' draft house and the draft lab and everything they've done. I think it's only a matter of time. I think that, yeah, it's whose house, Rams' house. I think it's going to be whose city, Rams' city. It's only a matter of time. But he understands that. It's incremental baby steps. The Super Bowl was massive. And they get another Super Bowl and another Super Bowl. And before you know it, it's going to be a Ram city. I truly believe that. I, I, I think that it can be. You got to win, right? You, 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 you can pop up and grab one and you're the Angels, right? The Angels have been here 60 years too. They have one title and no one thinks of them like that, right? The Anaheim Ducks have been here 20 plus years. And, and I say this as a full-throated Anaheim Ducks fan. They have one cup in 20 years, which is great, but... It takes time. They're miles behind the Kings because the Kings have been here for so long. The Kings have a couple of cups along the way. It you got to keep winning. You got to keep making a fan experience incredible, and that's something that the uh, the Rams have done. And I can't stop thinking about the uh, Jaguars Stadium, their their roof not having sesame seeds, just like the uh, the Big Mick and McDowell. <laughs> I, I Man. our roof doesn't have sesame seeds. That's why it's different. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like when McDowell's like, hey, they got the gold arches. I've got the gold arcs. 
a classic movie, but Love My Coming to America. But yeah, I know it's kind of funny too, because the Jaguars were possibly going to be the Rams one day, right? They're going to come yeah. back to LA, but we end up with the Rams and they end up pretty much copying the blueprint to SoFi Stadium. But Travis, coming up in our last segment, we're talking about another breakout candidate could Ernest Jones break out and be him, be that man for the Rams. That's coming up next here on Locked on Rams. And welcome back to Locked on Rams. Thank you for making Locked on Rams your first listen every single day. Free and available wherever you get your podcast. We're also available over on YouTube, so be sure to check that out. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Now, Travis, here in our last segment, we have another breakout candidate, one of the grizzled veterans on this Rams defense in Ernest Jones, considering all the rookies that'll be playing for this team. Well, Raheem Morris, he said, right now, Ernest is our green dot going out throughout the process, so he's certainly developed. I'm really fired up to see where he can go this year. Really fired up about Ernest and what he can do. So are you bullish on Ernest Jones? Can he be that man? Because I certainly think he has the potential to be. I think he's got the potential to be. I think what's interesting is the Rams have really de-emphasized that position really throughout the entire Sean McVay era. That Think about what they did. Last year, they went out and got arguably, if not the best middle linebacker in football, they got one of the best middle linebackers in Bobby Wagner who had a monster season, who was you know as good as anybody else at that spot in the entire league. And they moved on in one year. They've had undrafted free agents like Corey Littleton in that spot um, over the last few years. They've gone bargain shopping with some other guys like Clay Matthews over the years. It just This has been a spot where they're, they're more likely to just try to find a guy and hope that it works than really emphasize that position. I, I think you bring up a good point, though, is somebody's going to have to stand up, right? Somebody's going to have to be the guy that go, oh, wow, he had another good game tonight that's not number 99. I think Jones is as good a bet to be that guy as anybody else. I just keep coming back to the way the Rams structurally and schematically have set up their defense. That position has never really been a position of emphasis for the Rams. Yeah, and that's the thing. You mentioned Bobby Wagner. Hopefully that rubbed off on a little yeah. bit. You're just not seeing that right now in the NFL. You're not seeing teams go with that traditional Mike, Will, and Sam on the field at the same time. It's really becoming obsolete for the most part. Yes, it still does exist. And really, NFL offenses is the way they're attacking the middle of the field, trying to get those matchup advantages with wide receivers, slot yeah. receivers, running backs, and tight ends that are more athletic than ever. They're not prioritizing blocking. So yeah, it's not the same linebacker position that we've seen the past. And I do think when you look at last season, he did rack up quietly tons of experience. I mean, yep. 17 games, 114 total tackles, had a pick. He eclipsed that hundred tackle mark. He's aggressive, great run defender, great tackler, great motor. And he's going to be a guy that if he doesn't have a great year, you're going to say, okay, third round pick out of South Carolina. What is he going to be? He's 23 years old. I think he's one of the more important storylines that really no one's really talking about is we need to hit on some guys on defense that aren't these rookies or UDFAs. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And, and I like the fact that he kind of, I don't know how to say it other than he kind of studied under Bobby Wagner for a year that he got to be, because it's not just look, Bobby Wagner is a hall of famer, but Bob, Bobby Wagner is not just, Oh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll do what he does because quite frankly, very few people can or else everybody would be in the hall of fame, but the preparation, the understanding, the, the, the understanding of, you know, situational football, the understanding of when to attack, maybe when to sit back. These are the sorts of things that I hope rubbed off on him because he's going to be in that spot. I know that he's already looking forward to that opening game and going up against, you know, maybe not against Wagner. They won't be on the field at the same time, but at least metaphorically, 
metaphorically kind of going toe to toe with him. I know that I read some things from him that he was looking forward to that. And I love guys that are up for the challenge. I, I like guys that want to step into those very big shoes, guys that want to step in and say, no, 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 I, I, I can do a lot of these things, too. And he seems like he's that guy and he's going to certainly get a chance. Yeah, I agree. I think it's the mindset, the mentality that he has. And I think, look, Aaron Donald, we know best defensive player on the planet, but he's only 23, Ernest Jones. At some point, if he plays great, everything works out for him. Maybe he takes over as the leader of this defense moving forward. I think if he improves in his pass coverage, I think if he improves in the way he kind of over pursues a little overly aggressive in shooting those gaps and stopping the run, if he makes these little improvements, I definitely think he has the chance to make a Pro Bowl one day. I'm definitely starting to drink the Kool-Aid on my man, Ernest Jones. But that is going to do it for this episode of Locked on Rams. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And of course, as always i'm joined by mr travis rogers the travis rogers you can follow him on twitter at travis rogers and until next time whose house ram's house